Well, we're into episode nine of Try Talk SA. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you so much for taking the time to download this and listen to this weekly podcast on the South African triathlon scene, doing things slightly different on the show today. But I'll tell you uh, what we're doing uh, in just a moment. I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who's left us a review on iTunes. It is much appreciated. I got one in from Leon Pro. It said, great podcast for SA Triathlon. Loving the info and the talks. Very informative. Leon, thanks a lot, mate. Really do appreciate you taking the time to leave that uh, review on iTunes for us. Also, uh, Kath Albertain saying, learning so much. Love the show and the webpage. As a novice, to try. I need as much info as I can get. And having access to the experts on a show like this is fabulous. Kath, thank you. Uh, also for helping out and, and leaving that review. Just in case you didn't know, that's one of the ways that uh, people can find us is by having you leave us a review here, uh, on iTunes. Uh, it'll only take a couple of seconds of your time. Uh, and if you wouldn't mind doing that, if you do download the show uh, through iTunes, I'd really, really appreciate it. A lot of work goes into this, and, and I'd obviously love to try and spread as much of the triathlon love around as I can. So uh, the more reviews and, and five-star ratings that we get on iTunes, uh, the easier it is for people to find us on a platform like iTunes. So if you wouldn't mind just popping on there and, and leaving us a review, it would be much, much appreciated. Also on today's show, the last chance for you to win one of two entries to the Midlands Ultra Triathlon. I'll be asking you a question at the end of the show, uh, and all you need to do is head over to the website and submit your answer, and I'll announce the winners on episode 10 next week. Coming up in today's show, uh, over the last eight, nine weeks, I've been chatting to tons of people, and every every show sort of uh, two or three guests and, and trying to get you as much information as possible. And I'm really chuffed this week, and it's the first time I've done it, so I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if you're going to like it. Uh, I hope you do, and I'd love your feedback on it as well. Uh, I've only got one guest on our show today. Let me know your thoughts. You can tweet us at Try Talk SA. You can like us on Facebook as well. Uh, just look for Try Talk SA or pop me an email. Podcast at Try Talk SA. And our guest today, uh, she's not even South African, but uh, I think we can call her one of our own. Uh, talking about Jodie Swallow, who's been living in South Africa in the in the summer months here when she's not racing in Europe during the European summer, based in Stellenbosch, but at the moment sitting in Germany. And I was lucky enough to catch up with her following her superb weekend performance at the Ironman in Sweden, uh, winning her first Ironman distance race uh, and an unbelievable performance from Jodie Swallow. Two second places in her first two Ironman distance triathlons uh, and now third time lucky she is on the top step of the podium. Uh, what a great interview. So humble, an amazing, amazing athlete. I, I love watching her race. And, and she's just got a really cool story. So I wanted to get into a bit more detail with Jody, uh, And I hope you enjoy the interview as much as uh, I enjoyed putting it together for you. Try Talk SA. Over the last few weeks, I've been really lucky to catch up with some some really great athletes who are on the European circuit at the moment, and we're doing it again this week. And I am super stoked to finally get on the show. And uh, we focus primarily on on South Africa and this tri uh, the triathlon scene here in South Africa here on Try Talk SA. Uh, but Jody Swallow's been living in Cape Town, and, and we're going to claim her as ours, uh, if that's okay with you, Jody. Welcome onto the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Jody, you at the moment sitting in Switzerland, but you've just come off uh, your maiden Ironman distance win in Sweden. Congratulations, first of all. Well done. Thank you. Thanks very much. Um, Paul Kay was there, actually, so it felt like a little bit more like South Africa than 
then um, Sweden. It was cool. That's fantastic. Well, uh, I chatted to Paul. Uh, I'm trying to think when it was. It was Monday morning. First thing, no, I got a message from him Sunday night saying, uh, Jody won. Uh, do you want to chat to me? I said, no, 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 I'm chatting to Jody. You can, you can take a back seat. So. <laughs> I was probably having a drink with him at that time. That he, um, if it was Monday morning, then um, yeah. But no, um, it was good. It's, it, I didn't have anyone there with me. I didn't have my family or James there because obviously James did Ember right, and Man yeah. on Thursday. And um, I was a bit worried, but it actually turned out fine. There was quite a lot of Brits there and, and Paul there as well. So I had lots of friends around. Fantastic, Jody. I, I mean, it, it's it's been a, a long journey. This. I mean, you 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 focused on on the seventy point three distance for for a long, long time, and and this season you've made the step up to to full Ironman South Africa. This year, uh, I, I raced as well, and, and I remember seeing you out on the run, and and you were in the lead, and then saw you, and and you were really struggling, and you ended up finishing a very credible second in your first Ironman uh, distance triathlon. Then not so long ago, you ended up doing your second one. You finished second again. I spoke to James about that a couple of weeks ago that that you've had two two second place finishes and now this weekend sweden first it's been a, it's been a, a long time coming but how does it feel to have your first victory at, at that distance it's great it, i mean it's it's always brilliant to win races you get a lot more um attention media wise and you also get a lot more prize money but to be honest um with the structure of ironman racing at the moment not all ironman wins are equal and um you know, Frankfurt was probably the second biggest Ironman in the world um, after Kona. So coming second there is kind of um, almost as, well, well, it is as credible as winning Sweden. It's just the style that I race. I, I find more satisfaction, not from necessarily um, winning different races around the world. It's the way that I conduct myself in those races and Sweden was the best one so far. So that that's kind of what made my day on on Saturday. Brilliant. Jody, the first time I saw you race, I had just got into into triathlon myself and it was I'm just trying to think it was the Ironman 70.3 in Buffalo City uh 2011. Uh, when the weather was so miserable, it was raining, it was horrible, and you ended up winning that one, and you were just so dominant, and, and that was the first time I saw you, and I was like, gee, uh, <laughs> she's fantastic, and, and sort of been following your career closely ever since. The, the decision to, to make the step up from 70.3 to, to full Ironman distance, how long had you been thinking of doing that? I think I probably would have done it in 2011, to be honest. I won Worlds in 2010 at 70.3 distance, off the back of an Olympic career and um, I was still racing Olympic ITU that that year at World Series and stuff that year as well and um, that was always the goal for 2011 was to go into Ironman but I got a really incredibly serious foot injury that year and I did hardly race after that the race that you're talking about in South Africa um, I was in agony after that race um, I didn't smile as I crossed the finish line because I was in such mu so much pain and that led to 12 months of um, literally limping around trying to run. Um, so 2012 was kind of coming back from that injury. And um, Ironman was on the cards. But again, I got injured. Um, I got a stress fracture in my foot. And um, it just didn't, it didn't work out. It didn't come around. So it's always been on the cards. It's just finding a gap um, in injuries and in also kind of the season to, to take the chance on it. And having had a good winter in Stellenbosch in 2012-13. It was the perfect time. 
Yeah, and and then and then Ironman South Africa was was your first one, and and like I said, you 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 finished. I think a very credible second. You might have been very disappointed. I'm I'm sure, but it was one of those races. You and, and most of your races, you do. You're just such a strong swimmer. You you let out the water. You got off the bike. It was a dominant bike performance, and and the run is 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 where you. I mean, you had a big gap coming coming off the bike, and and that's where you were caught. How did you feel after that race? What was it a big disappointment, or was was it did it go according to plan? And 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 you know what it was. It's part of the building blocks to your success. Um, I, I'm not sure if anybody has really given it thought, but when I got off the bike in South Africa, and it isn't any especially fast bike course, I was kind of on world record pace for an Ironman. Um, so, no, I'm not disappointed with it at all. Uh, I hadn't done the background to do a marathon, um, but we were thinking I could hang on. I set off a bit too fast on the run and um, kind of... The way that I race, I, I dictate the race and, and people have to respond to me. And if they can respond, that's cool and well done to them. But a lot of the time they can't. So, um, no, I was incredibly happy with second at South Africa to answer your question. And, and it, it shocks me that people don't think I would be because um, it, it was still a fast time. Um, it was a very good bike for someone that hasn't ridden 180k in a race before and um yeah we were both proud of it james and i so um yeah and then we could move on from there and and develop on it and it takes experience you don't just jump into your first ironman and um and do these fast times i mean i think chrissy's first ironman was in korea and she didn't you know the time wasn't that fast so it's a building experience and you should never take that for granted that even if you've had a, a good 70.3 career, it doesn't always translate straight into Ironman and you just need to learn a few lessons yeah. the hard way first. And, and that's actually what I wanted to ask you, Jody. I mean, let's compare Sweden, the race you've just won, to South Africa. Where, What would you say, I mean, would you learn more out of a race like Ironman South Africa, that performance, or more out of a, a race like Sweden where you've won it now? Um, I... They were very similar races, to be honest. Um, I rode just as hard as I did um, in South Africa and Sweden. Um, there was no difference there. I was just fitter. And um, I was more prepared for the pace of the marathon. And I was better nutrition-wise on the bike. Um, in Frankfurt, I didn't have any nutrition on the bike because I dropped it all. <laughs> um, and I didn't pick it up, which was a major mistake for me. But that's the sort of thing you learn. Um, and you learn from from mistakes but coming second teaches you quite a lot because you'll be you're so frustrated that it was that close especially in Frankfurt it was 90 seconds between me and the winner and I walked a lot in aid stations um and I just thought if I hadn't have walked I would have won like the girl blew up in front of me and um it it, it's not that I gave up I I certainly didn't give up and I put time in her at, at the end of the marathon but I didn't realise how quickly things can change in an Ironman before. And I, I think I'll always have that lesson now with me, um, that it can change for me, but it can also change for people in front of me as well. Yeah. So that builds you, um, builds you strength mentally. And I think that applies to anyone. And, I mean, you, you say 90 seconds. I mean, 90 seconds in a day like Ironman is, is the blink of an eye. Yeah, 90 seconds when you walk 10 aid stations is... is nothing you know you could jog through them and and you would have we would have had a very tight finish but um you can't change the past and um i'm glad i'm glad it happened because it taught me an awful lot so brilliant
And then Jody, you 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 obviously building towards towards Kona. I spoke to James and and he said to me that was the big goal for for the both of you. You've you've achieved pretty much all there is to achieve at at seventy point three level. You've won the world championship. How how big is is winning at Kona on on your list of of priorities? Very big. I, I, it's the biggest triathlon in the world, um, and you could argue that the Olympics is also as big as Kona, and it probably is. Um, but for me, and in, in my time of career, and the choices that I've made, that I'm going for the long stuff, and so Kona is the biggest race there is. I don't know too much about Hawaii. Um, I haven't had, you know, I haven't been a huge Ironman fan throughout my career. In fact, I haven't been a huge triathlon fan throughout my career. I've always focused on swimming and athletics. I, I love them. I I watch them day in, day out and follow people in those sports because that's where I came from. So it's a learning experience for me. And, and I must realize that for my first time in Kona as well. Um, sometimes it takes an awful long time for people to crack Kona. And um, I can read all, many people's experience. I can ask my friends that have done it and won it and, and get advice. But until I'm there and I, and I experience in the pressure, um, the island, the race, the preparation, and the actual way the race develops. I, I can't really respond, and I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it must be an amazing experience to, to be able to race at a race like Kona. I mean, you, you race Sweden, and, and yeah, there's, there's, there's big names, but not everyone's there. Or you race South Africa, there's big names, but not everyone's there. But Kona, it's that. Everyone is there. The who's who uh, is out and, and laying it all down on the day because everybody wants to win it. Yeah, and all the age group um Age groupers are there for world championships as well. So the, the pressure from them is transferred. You know, at the Olympics, there was pressure from um, various different sports and team managers and everybody like that. So I do experience, I, I have experienced getting pressure from other people's um, expectations and other people's needs from you. I, I understand that. So hopefully that will translate. Um, but it's a, you know, it's a, a big day for everyone. Everyone builds towards that one. And it's a big payday as well for pros. And, um, you know, a lot of, and, and points wise as well for the following year. So it's, I'd say that the pressure is four times as much as normal. And normally I'm stressing out. So that'll be a challenge. We'll see how it goes. We look, we look forward to, to tracking you there, Jody. Let's take a step back. You mentioned that, that triathlon was never really on your radar. It was, it was always swimming and athletics. Uh, I mean, you had a, a pretty decent swimming career. I mean, you were, were a very, very good competitive swimmer. When did when did the triathlon bug? When did you think, hey, maybe this is an option? Well, I um I went to Loughborough University. Um, from I got a European junior medal at, at, at four hundred IM when I was uh, seventeen, sixteen, or seventeen. Um, and I was running also running um for Great Britain at that time for Great Britain juniors cross country and track. So. You know, triathlon was a possibility, but I wanted to complete my swimming and athletics careers. Then when I went to Loughborough University, I solely trained as a swimmer and I got glandular fever. Um, was Couldn't really train, times were dropping. I went through puberty very late. Um, my body changed completely from when I was a, a little whippet swimmer and um, I struggled. Then I kind of went straight back into running <laughs> And took that up again. And then the swim coach there drafted me into travel and said, look, this girl's fast. Um, the National Lottery Programme had just set up at my university, at Loughborough University. So 
I was literally drafted in straight away. Um, I won, I came second in my first race, which was a qualifier for European Juniors triathlon. And in the end, I won European Juniors off that. And that was my career born and started to win money, which I hadn't really done in swimming and athletics at all. And, and that was it, really. It wasn't really a choice. It was a, a, a path that I was led up and, and just chose to carry on, really. Jodie, I'm, I'm fascinated. I mean, I knew that about you. I'd, I'd done some research that you, you raced sort of at the, at the highest level as a junior swimming and athletics. And that was at the same time where, I mean, you, you look at swimmers today like that are, are world-class racing. That's all they focus on. And they spend hours and hours and hours in the pool. And the same applies to, to athletes who are, are doing really well on the track and cross country. But you were doing both. How did you manage to, to juggle that and stay sane? I think, I mean, I, I I don't really know, to be honest, and I, I take it for granted every day. I don't know how my parents coped working a full day and taking me to swimming. I say that, but I went to school, of course, but school's fun. You know, working isn't necessarily as fun, and they, they weren't getting the fun of swimming in the mornings and dragging me around to competitions every single weekend. But I think there is a crossover in, in young sport, and, you know, I had a huge lung capacity from the age of 10 from swimming, my swimming background. And I only had to train three times a week on running and I, I went flat out in those three sessions. But, you know, I wasn't doing the mileage that maybe sole young runners are doing and therefore I didn't get injured. I was in a great environment with swimmers, which are generally have a better, healthier outlook towards um, nutrition and and it's a very healthy sport to be in and injury as well and I just thrived on it I loved it and the only the only flaw was that when I was removed from that when I went to uni I struggled a lot and I I struggled with eating disorders and I struggled with um not having as as um a structured program to my day you know you could skip lectures you didn't have to go to class and um I I did struggle there and I struggled for quite a long time with that Jodie, have you found that, that that sort of discipline that you had to maintain when you were, were training both as a junior has helped your career now that you, you find that? Because that's also one thing that triathletes battle with is the juggling three disciplines that you, you, you tend to, and I'm talking for myself, I tend to spend lots of time on the bike and my bike starts improving, but because I'm spending lots of time on my bike, my run starts getting neglected and it's not as good as it was maybe last season. Do you think that's helped you? Yeah, I, I think it has helped me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for time. Um, as we experienced earlier setting up this interview, actually, I, I'm very stringent with time and I, I like to set off to sessions early. I like to be early because when I was a kid, I was punished if I wasn't early. Um, and, you know, if I have a session written down on paper, no matter the logic of that session or the option in that session, I will do the session and I will do it. Um, to the maximum time that says on that session and I don't think twice about it and I never have thought twice about it until James has pointed it out um and that's come from my swimming background as a kid and and having to fit everything in and having to be disciplined and having to make sure that my homework was in otherwise I'd get in trouble from the teacher who'd call mum and dad and I I wouldn't be allowed to go training so I was always quite hard on myself um but only for my own benefit um and it kind of it's just it mixes with your personality and but 
I just I thrive I thrive in that environment and 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 we get that with Brett Sutton here as well um that structured planned um you know every day type of thing I struggle when I have a rest day because I don't know how to fill my time <laughs> Jodie if, if it's cool with you I, I can we chat about that that the eating disorders and that that you struggled with when you when when you were younger I just I yeah. think a lot of a lot of people are, are battling with that and especially in a sport like triathlon where where weight plays a major sort of role. Can you talk us through that? Like, how, how did it start manifesting itself and when did you start realizing that you, you might have a problem? I don't think that my eating disorder came from sport. It might have been um, accelerated by sport and also by my personality um, where I have to go over the top with everything. I go over the top with training and I go over the top with watching um, 24, you know. Um, that's my type of personality. And so when I decided that I wanted to control my eating, I I went over the top with it. Um, I suffered from 2000 till 2006, really, um, on and off with an eating disorder. And when you're trying to compete at the top level with Olympics and Commonwealths and everything else like that, it's pretty remarkable what I did, and um, it had repercussions in stress fractures, um, injuries from overtraining to, I don't know, to balance food intake, um, and then with metabolism as well, your metabolism changes. I think if you could highlight to people exactly what happens when you mess around with your weight quickly, nobody would ever do it. And I, I think that... Um, if we could educate people and triathletes even that become starting to obsess about calories and everything else, that it has to be a balanced approach because it will come back to bite you at a later date, then that would be the only way to go for me um, instead of focusing and starting to concentrate on nutrition, which I think sometimes is detrimental to people. And I think that um, it builds obsession and, and that kind of exacerbates an eating disorder. I mean, what were the warning signs for you, Jody? Like, when, when did you start going, you know what, maybe there's something going on here? Um, during A-levels, so that's, um, I think you have, do you have hires in um, South Africa? Yeah. Or matric, matric, matric yeah, maybe. Be, yep. Yeah. Um, I was starving myself and, and training four, four hours a day and then, you know, being so hungry that I'd eat lots and make myself sick. I mean, that's a pretty sure sign that you've got an eating disorder. It wasn't that hard to identify. Um, but then, you know, uh, then you start looking thinner. And um, you actually don't look better. You just look thinner. And there was nobody. I mean, I, by that stage, I was living on my own and, um, and, and in the depths of confusion over I wasn't swimming anymore. I wasn't running. But I didn't know if I was in triathlon kind of thing. And... Um, to be honest, it got a lot better when I started triathlon um, because that brought back the structure into my life. I think if you don't have any time to worry about this stuff and, and um, you know, obsess about stuff, if you limit, if you have a strategy to change your thought process at the time of thinking about this, thing, then it, doesn't, it isn't a problem. It, it can be quite simple to change. It's just accepting and accepting help and admitting that you need help. And, and that was a real struggle for me because I'm incredibly stubborn and very independent. So um, now I, I'm very, like, I'm 
really honest about it. I think that's important. But I don't struggle at all. And um, and people make comments about your weight in, in triathlon and always have done. And it's just, I, I bite my tongue quite a lot of the time. But it, it's actually, it's not very good for anybody to, to obsess about stuff like that. And I think that if you're training properly and you're eating properly, it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Jody, and then just finally, I asked James the same question. Uh, you've, you're very competitive. I know you are. I can just by chatting to you, I can tell you. James says there's not much competition between the two of you, but I don't believe him. Uh, how, how sort of competitive are you two together? Well, you can. You, I know that I love him because I want him to win, <laughs> and I, I don't really want anybody else to win. Um, or I, I don't. I want to beat their achievement in, in a sense, but I don't have that feeling with James. So uh, I must really care about him. <laughs> I, I thought we have. No, we're a team now. I think, and we've been together three years now, and um, we we're a, a unit, and and you don't fight yourself it's detrimental to both of you so we I try and help him with swimming or I have helped him with swimming actually he doesn't really need my help anymore because he can lead me sometimes and he helps me a lot with Ironman um in how to approach it but we have to be careful you know we're very different personalities and I'm obsessive he's logical I'm emotional um and he's he can sort of take step, a step back and, and and be very calm about stuff. So he helps me with that um, without trying to tame me, as it were, um, to tame my anger or to tame my obsession. He, he That's a good thing for my sport, and we both recognise that, so it's good. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then, Jody, I have to ask you this. I mean, you're British, but you've been living, you've been living in South Africa for a little while now. Uh, is, is South Africa home for you, or do you still, do you still consider yourself as a visitor here? It's a really weird situation for me because obviously I, I was I'm a I was born in near London and I was brought up there and um and Brit I carry a British flag with me and everything else but I haven't spent any time there since 2009 at all um although I have a lot of my family are still there and my friends are still there but I'm also not a South African even though I spent three years in the summer there because. You know, I don't speak Afrikaans. Um, the culture is very different. Um, my my fashion sense is different. Um, my accent's different. People look at me strangely. So, I think I'm just like a like stick of the dump, really. And I just <laughs> just roam around. And I I guess my home's with James or with my family or with people rather than place. We we do see Stellenbosch's home saying that, and um, that's where we leave our clothes and leave our lives, really. But you know, we, we have this great career where we have the option to be anywhere that we choose or anywhere that suits us or, or that we fall in love with. And at the moment, that's Stellenbosch. But um, it's not like we're tied to anywhere because we both have the ability to, to move whenever we need to. So we're just incredibly fortunate to be in that position. If it's, if it's any consolation, you say Stellenbosch like you're a local. So. <laughs> yeah i i mean i we have great friends there and um we we love our time there and we, if we could stay there all year we would but you can't race out of there in the, in the european summer or the american summer so um one day you know maybe we'll settle there but 
um, I've got quite a lot to do triathlon-wise before we do that. So I think James will be going for years and years and years and I have to pack everything in before um, or if we ever decide to settle down. So, yeah, I... I I think it might be a South African future. Brilliant. Well, we, we love watching you race. We love having you here and we, we love having, having you part of, of James's life because he's one of our favorites as well. So uh, we just, yeah, we, we are really blessed to have you sort of uh, in and around the South African triathlon scene. Jody, before you go, I'm going to do a quick fire, just five, six questions. The first thing that comes to mind, I want to know the answer, if that's cool. Okay, I'm terrible at this, but okay, yeah. Apple, okay. Apple Blackberry or Android? Apple. What's your favorite app? Um, Rhino Raid. Uh, what song are you loving right now? Um, oh my goodness, that that one, Let Her Go, by um, oh, that country band. I can't remember what they're called. I can't sing it. I'm not singing it to you. <laughs> that was my next question. What book are you reading right now? <laughs> Um, I'm reading the Alistair, the Alistair and Johnny book, um, Swim, Bite, Run, oh. by the Brownies. I, I finally bought it today. Brilliant. What's the best movie you've seen in the last year? Um, the best movie I've seen in the last year, um, I think, I don't really know. That's a really hard question. Oz. Oz. Perfect. And then <laughs> if you weren't racing triathlon professionally, what would you be doing? Um, I'm not really sure. I, I, I maybe write. I'd like to write. Um, I'd like to write about sport. Um, but who knows? It's a really difficult question because I've been doing it since I was 18. Yeah, no, exactly. It's been part of your life for so long. Jody, yeah. Before before you go, you you you're very active online, social media, and that sort of thing. If people want to follow you on on Facebook or Twitter, or that sort of thing, where can they find you? Um, it's it's straight Jody Swallow. Um both on, on Facebook and Twitter. So there's a fan page on Facebook and, and at Jodie Swallow. Brilliant. I'll link to those in the show notes for this as well so uh, people can just get to, to Try Talk SA and then they'll get the links there. Jodie, I want to wish you all the best. What's the next race for you? What's, what's on the cards next? Um, Vegas, 70.3 Worlds, um, followed by Cosmos, 70.3, and then the big one, Kona, awesome. in um, eight weeks' time. Jody, we're going to be holding thumbs, and I would love it to chat to you again after Kona and 70.3 World Champs as a double world champ. How cool would that be? That would be um, very, very cool. Have I, have I got that interview? Can I get that commitment now? Eh? Uh, yeah, it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Jody Swallow, thank you so much for your time today. Send our regards to James, and, and yeah, we, we're looking forward to, to tracking you online and, and, and watching your race. It's, it's always a pleasure to watch you. Thanks, Brad. Well, that's it. Uh, my interview with Jody Swallow. Uh, what what an amazing, amazing person. Really enjoyed that that chat with her. I hope you enjoyed it too. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, just with regards to uh, getting into a bit more depth with a, with a guest, uh, it's it's very very difficult when you're spending ten minutes with someone uh, to go into a lot more depth. And and hopefully, I, I got into a bit more there with Jody. Let me know your thoughts at Try Talk SA. You can like us on Facebook as well. Try, try Talk SA is where you can find us. 
uh, or pop me an email, podcast at TryTalkSA. As always, if you wouldn't mind popping a review on our iTunes uh, page, it helps other people find this podcast too. I'd really, really appreciate that. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been brilliant. If you wouldn't mind sharing a tweet or two as well, uh, if you head over to trytalksa.co.za forward slash share, uh, it's just a couple of, of things there that'll help you share this podcast with people you know. Uh, it's as easy as that. If you own a website that's uh, triathlon related, you can also embed this uh, podcast with, uh, with pleasure and with total ease as well. Just get to trytalksa.co.za forward slash nine and you'll see just under the player on the podcast page there's a button that says embed it'll give you a bunch of code you can just whack that straight into your website as well and it helps us get the word out there about try talk sa that's almost it for this week right now though the question uh for those midlands ultra triathlon entries that are for grabs we've got two of them in all and this is the last week that you can get into the draw we've been running it for the last eight weeks every single week here on try talk sa we've asked you a question uh, and uh, yeah, for every question you submit and get correct, we'll put your name into the draw to win uh, one of those entries. The question for this week is, what was Jody Swallow's first Ironman distance race? Uh, you can submit your entry just by going to trytalksa.co.za. On the banner on the right-hand side, the Midlands Ultra Triathlon banner, click on that and it'll take you to a page where you can submit your answer. Don't forget, if you've only entered once, you can go back, listen to all the other podcasts, episode two through to this one, uh, and you can get yourself eight entries into the draw. So uh, you've got a week to do that. We'll announce the winners on next week's show here on Tri Talk SA. Until then, from myself, Brad Brown, have yourself a great one and we'll chat soon. <laughs>